Welcome back, problematic people. It's this week on 99 Problems and Bitch, You Might Be One of Them. We're complaining about terribly traumatic teachers. Just to review, this podcast has three hosts, me, Rage, and me, Flesh Blood, and me, Riptide. All right, let's get right into it. Um, my positivity point for this week is that I got free groceries today um, because I went to a uh, food pantry. Um, so, yeah, I got free groceries. I thought I was going to get a free turkey, but I didn't. But still so good. I don't need it. I didn't need to go there, but I figured it was the end of the day and they were still there. So... Let me just help take some of that stuff off their hands. That's very kind of you. <laughs> um, okay. Excellent. Um, mine is that I finished my clear aligner treatment today, which means that I don't need to wear any more aligners, except for the one that I'm actually still supposed to be wearing until December 6th. But I'm finished, and I put in my retainers. I'm just waiting for the other retainers to last so like there's a permanent retainer on top of a removable retainer it's a whole thing but i'm done awesome yay for straight teeth yay. i don't even know if that's what you have them for okay <laughs> well so to clarify that over the summer i chipped a tooth and i went to the dentist immediately after it was the most minuscule chip why are there bubbles I don't know. I was wondering what that was. That's so weird. Anyway, (laughs) over the summer, I chipped my tooth and um, I went to the dentist and he was like, you see this happen because your bite is misaligned. And I said, say no more. I've been trying to get um, aligners for the past like four years since I noticed a gap that I didn't like. So what I'm hearing is that I need clear aligners to straighten my teeth and work out my bite. He said, and I need veneers. And he's like, do you want veneers? No, you like you don't you don't need that. But like your bite is misaligned, and that's so you're whatever. He explained in his dental terms, and I was like, okay, well it sounds like I need aligners. So go ahead. And so then I he's like, yes. And then he started going in. And he's like, and I can fix this, and I can fix this. And I said, you didn't need to keep selling it. I heard you. <laughs> You said I need it. I'm going to get it. You don't need to go in my teeth like mm. that. We hate um, salespeople. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I am crazy and my teeth are not as perfect as I wanted them to be. But also he has realigned my bite so that my bottom teeth will no longer chip away at my top teeth. And I have finished that treatment. Yay. That's Congrats. exciting. Yeah. My positivity point is not as exciting. Um, despite being woken up at 2 a.m. and staying awake till 10 a.m. because my dog hates me, I made it through all of my sessions today with a sore throat and not being able to breathe. And I made myself a comfort meal, which I don't do on a regular basis. So that was an added bonus. Wow. What a successful day. I just want to know where those bubbles came from. But yeah, that's amazing. I do as well. Okay. That's enough positivity for today. <laughs> somebody asked somebody what brand did you use? You mean for my clear aligners? Yeah. Oh, girl, oh. I don't know. I went to the dentist. I would have to look into it. Mm. I just showed up. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so we've been positive, and now it's time to be negative ass bitches. We're going to talk shit about teachers, and I'm going to let y'all know that I know that as a society, oh my God, teachers do the Lord's work. They do. The really good ones. So shout out to the amazing teachers who are there with good boundaries, who have emotional regulation skills, who are there to genuinely teach the whole child and then go home and do whatever drugs you want to do and then show up and be on point at eight o'clock the next morning. Right. Shout out to the great teachers. There are so many of them that I can't think of if I had the time to actually think about them. But this isn't about the good teachers. And there are a lot of great teachers. I'm not even saying. But it's about these shitty ass teachers who hang out all over teacher talk, complaining about shit, the problems that they created. I'm tired of you bitches. And if I didn't have my face on it, I would turn my my own social media accounts into like a teacher slander account. Because some of you bitches is very stupid. 
And for you, some of you bitches that are very stupid, we're talking about you today. So if you feel like this is about you, it is. And you should be offended. But if you're a great teacher, this isn't about you. So move along. Somebody said something about a teacher in middle school, eighth grade, told the class that she wasn't going to recommend us for pre-college algebra for freshman year. Oh, shit, I forgot. That was mine, too. (laughs) Okay, see, I wasn't sure if this was yours or Riptide. And I know that Riptide is over there dying, so I was like, let me go ahead and read hers. Okay, great. Tell us about your eighth grade teacher. Yeah, no, I had always been in, like, advanced classes. Like, I don't know, at least where I grew up, like, you, like, start those classes when you're in like middle school so when I was finishing middle school up like upon going to ninth grade entering high school I was in this like advanced math class with all my friends and apparently I was talking too much but I don't remember doing that all I remember is that there were people in my classroom talking and um my teacher made some comment and she looked at me and she said she was talking she was fed up that day but she looked at me and she was making a comment about how she had to turn in her list of recommendation of students who were going to like advance to pre pre-college algebra when they started freshman year um and that certain students weren't going to be on it and I was like it just hurt my feelings for the longest time. Uh, I like I hated math after that, but I probably should have spoken up and said something to a trusted parent, but or a, other adult. But I, I wasn't very good at doing that then either. So. See, and me, that irritates me because it's like if you got a problem with me, say it to my face, bitch, and tell me that you calling me out, telling me what I'm doing, and telling tell me what you want me to do. Don't passively aggressive talk about certain students while looking at me. <laughs> Bitch, if you got something to say, say it. Yeah, I can't. I was lucky enough to have a parent who like really paid attention to me and how I interacted with my teachers in school. So that if there was ever an issue between me and my teacher, my mom knew that it was the teacher. Like, because she knew that, like, generally speaking, if you respected me, I was a fucking nerd. I loved school. I wanted to do the shit. So if I was cutting the fuck up in your class, you was disrespecting the fuck out of me. Um, I had a few teachers that I had issues with. Shout out to Mrs. Grunendike, who took away recess for my entire fourth grade year. Um, there might have been lots of dyke jokes, but to be fair, she taught fourth graders and her last name was Grunendike. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, to be fair... Um, but, and the thing that made me, this is how big of a nerd I was. The thing that made me the most mad is when I missed recess, I had to go into the cafeteria and copy from the dictionary. And every time they made me start at the beginning of the dictionary. So like, you didn't even want me to learn. Cause I, my nerdy ass would be like, why can't I start off where I left off last time? I'm trying to learn all the words. They think and, you're like a robot that's going to work your way through the whole dictionary in a day. And. Yeah, in like 45 minutes or however long recess was. Um, But also, I had a similar experience with a teacher in high school who told me that I was never going to be able to go to a four-year college because I opted to take the easier English course because there was like pre-college English and then there was English 12. And all the people who took English 12 would be stressed as fuck. So I was like, why would I want to stress myself out when I could just take this other English class? And so she like made this big deal and was like, you're not gonna be able to go to a four year college. You're not gonna be able to do this. And so my plan was to go to community college. The entire reason that I have all this student fucking debt is because this bitch told me I couldn't. So then I had to do it. So oh, no, you better send that bitch the bill. All right. <laughs> Screw these teachers who like make us just have this self doubt and I debt mean, apparently. Well, let's also also. Like, let's talk about their unrealistic standards of what I would be doing with cursive. Because (laughs) in 2002, you told me that I was going to have to write in cursive for the rest of my life. And I don't think I have seen, like, who writes in cursive? I don't even fucking sign my name in cursive anymore. It's right. And their excuse was always like, (laughs) you're going to need it to balance to write your checks. Bitch, I have never 
Okay, I've written like a few checks, but most of them are void checks. But yeah. you don't have to do that anymore. I have, I have the same checkbook that I got from my first bank account. I don't I have never, have I've never run out of those checks ever, and I've had a like a checking account since I was in high school. And I know that it's over responsible, like fifteen years probably. Sorry. No, it's fine. I was cutting you off. I thought you were done. Sorry. Um, I know it's irresponsible. I should have a checkbook, but that's how little I write checks. I wrote a check four years ago for my car. We went to the bank. We got a money order, and that's how we got what we needed. Um, and, and besides that, I didn't. I don't need it. I don't need it. No, because so. y'all's generation was writing bad checks anyways, and that's why we don't use them no more. Because y'all was post-dating them bitches and not having the fucking money in your account. Or now there's a whole lot of the things. consequences for that. And it's like I would I would <laughs> recommend people are like, yeah, I don't need to know mental math. You actually probably should know that. Um, I'm a little concerned that you're sitting here still counting on your fingers. And I know that you got your phone. I know that we have our phones. <laughs> that's this. Me too. <laughs> Me and Rage feel very attacked right now. <laughs> but mind you, I do um, manage a million dollar budget. You know what? And you know what? Look, you counted your fingers and you still got far. far. So you don't fuck so, me. Yeah, fuck exactly. <laughs> It's like, I know 7 times 2 is 14, but 7 plus 5, I need my fingers, okay? And honestly, why the fuck do I need to know 11 times 11 anyway? Exactly. But I, I think that's a, I think that's 121. I'm not it 100. Is. Okay. It is. I just heard the kids say it like two days ago. <laughs> they, were, they were doing math facts in the hallway while they waited for the bathroom. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I'll be learning all okay. my math facts. Anyway, that's the point. Oh, so, okay, wait. I'm sorry. I have to toss in a positivity point. Shout out why. to my college professors who told me that memorizing things were, was dumb because now you have the internet and you can look things up. Honestly. So, that's it's what like, I, do. Right. I, I feel like I've seen so many like reels or TikToks of doctors being like Googling my patient's symptoms. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be like, good strategies to deal with uh, dealing with a relative who dies of a crack overdose. Counseling, five-year-old. That'd be me. Okay. I'd be like, therapy worksheet for... <laughs> okay, but for other, for some people, for certain people, I just need you to know that you still need critical thinking skills and you mm. need to know what is a good resource and a bad resource. That's so it. don't don't it's... just give it fully to Google. It can't do that for you. You gotta. Criti- you still gotta know this critical yes. and discernment. Yeah, I think. Yeah, me and my partner were talking the other day about how, like, yes, AI can be helpful if you think of it as a brainstorming partner, right? It's uh, there yes. to help you brainstorm, not to solve your problem. Because that's yeah, that's how I feel about like using Google Translate. It's like <laughs> I will type something into google to make sure that what i'm saying in spanish makes sense and to make sure but like sometimes it'll give me words and i'm like nobody says that i can already confirm that this is not a word that i have ever heard and because nobody's saying it so here is my template and here is how i'm going to make it sound like it actually makes sense so for sure that's fair i also just wanted to go back to rage's point for a second and talk about how fucked up it is that teachers try to use like threaten the use of your future and your future academics just because they're angry you're gonna flip like, you're burgers upset with at me. mcdonald's <laughs> bitch people at, at mcdonald's making 15 dollars an hour today that's more right. than i was making at the residential right. <laughs> so you're you're mad I'm when also... i'm talking so you're gonna mess up my class schedule and my academics like that doesn't that does not equal <laughs> right and i'm also pretty sure that maybe i did say something but I was not the type of student that would be talking in class. Like, I might have turned around and asked somebody a question, like the person sitting next to me. But I was sitting, sitting behind Chatty, Kathy, and Valerie during that class. And so they were they were the cool girls, and they really liked to talk. So I'm pretty sure I just got blamed for whatever they were doing. But then, like, to that note, it'd be pissing me off every single time. And so one of these things that I think I'm going to start doing is, like, a little project of where I have, like, 
make keep a record of some of the things that the kids say that I find to be particularly insightful. And one of the things that they regularly say is I hate it when teachers yell at us because they assume that I was doing something wrong without actually asking me what I was doing. So they to- they tell us, ask a partner if you need help. And then I ask a partner when I need help. And then they yell at me for talking. And it's like, did you want me to ask the seat partner or not? I needed a <laughs> pencil. So I asked for a pencil. I, and it's like, sometimes they're like, depending on who it is, right. But always assume positive intent. So look at them, ask them if they needed something. And honestly, like give them that feedback. All right. So I've asked you now twice and I can actually hear you. I heard you talking about this weekend. So I know you're not asking for a pencil. So let's talk. It's like, is the weekend tied to your assignment? (laughs) It was not. All right. That's fine. So when you're finished, put your pencil down. So I know you are done and talk the fuck about your weekend. But right now your pencil's in your hand. Write that fucking assignment. It's really not that hard to stop being an assuming ass bitch. It's not. And these kids are tired of them assuming and to jump into conclusions on their asses. I yeah, got ISS. Sorry, I was going to say, they probably get all of that at home already, too. So now they get their parents jumping on them, their guardians jumping on them, and now my teacher, too. Like, I can't escape it. Right. I was just going to say I got ISS over assuming ass bus driver. Because, again... My nerdy ass was sitting on the bus reading a book like a good loser. And she go and tell me that I needed to sit the fuck down and stop talking. And I said, I'm reading. And she said, and now Don't you're talk back, back talking. To me. Ah! Yes. <laughs> now I'm back talking. Now the principal came and he was like, well, you know, you shouldn't have said that. Like, what the fuck else am I supposed to say? Okay. No, because but I yes. wasn't talking. That's what they think. That like that's truly what they think. It's like, and then you, now you're in a power struggle. And for me, I'm not fighting with a five year old. You, I look very stupid. So I don't need to power trip because my my like assertion of power is removing myself from a dispute with a fucking five year old. It's not that deep, right? It's like okay, moving on then. Like my bad. Thought you were okay. Anywho, let's let's move on. But it's like they get so caught up in these like petty ass bullshit that they can't they can't do it. They literally if, like, why are you fighting with a fucking five year old? And for some students, for me, like I think about like being in middle school and high school. Those are the teachers who you would always be trying to go in on and like low key just piss off just to piss off. If I knew <laughs> that I could get a rise out of you by doing the smallest inconsequential thing that you couldn't give me a detention for, you couldn't call my mama for, but like I knew it would bother you. Not necessarily me because I feel like I love following the rules and doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I would <laughs> tell that line if I really hated you that much. So those teachers who don't have that emotional regulation and who wouldn't engage in like power struggles, they were getting the towing the line. If I could. Oh, and did you, she freeze? If, and if I was being petty. I just don't get it. Can't really. Okay. Somebody had a teacher their freshman year of high school yell at their class. If you didn't calm down and pay attention, you would end up as another statistic. She laid out all the statistics about students from our school. What percentage were in gangs? How many drop out? And how many end up pregnant? Bitch, was that beyond scared straight? That was my class too. <laughs> bitch i just wanted to get them out here that when we created this because otherwise i would forget and i didn't have any other stories to share but yeah and that class i remember um that was like my english class and we were being really loud but it was also she was having us do some kind of like group activity but she couldn't get us to calm down afterwards and so she got really fed up and just started yelling um But I will say that, and not that, I don't know, I've just heard that sometimes people have said those things and, like, the teachers get in trouble. I think it depends on what what exactly they're saying and how they're saying it. Um, But when she said it to us, I felt like these were not things that I was aware of because I actually grew up in in a, not, like, the nicest neighborhood or a wealthy neighborhood, but I lived in a nice neighborhood and I knew that my neighborhood was different from like the neighborhoods where some of my cousins and friends lived. 
Um, so I could see like the validity in some of the stuff that she was saying. Um, I will also add though, that all the people that I knew in that classroom did really well in in life, um, went to school, have really good jobs, have families. Um, so I don't know if she did scare them straight. (laughs) This would not have worked out well in my, this was in high school, in my middle school, my middle school is fucking wild. Okay. She would have went on about these statistics and they would have been like, you finna be a statistic if you don't shut the fuck up talking to us like this. Like, (laughs) I don't know. They would bring, like, I remember this one kid brought rocks in a sock and beat this kid's ass for no reason. Mm. Like. It it makes no sense. We also did, though, have Billie Jean Jackson Stone get on top of the tables in the cafeteria and yell at us for no reason. I don't even know what happened that day. But the teachers really be... She was our principal, by the way. But they really can't handle... It's a control thing. Mm-hmm. And they can't... They really can't let it go. Yeah, because like you said, Flashlight, like, is this scared straight? Yeah, that's exactly what she did. Like, she couldn't find any other way to get us to calm down. And had that, had our class been different, I think that was also, like, an advanced English class. So, like, maybe not exactly her audience. And she lost it for a second because she didn't expect that type of behavior or ruckus from us. But it, to what Riptide said, because we're going to skip down to number G, number G, um, letter G. Um, you said that it was like, it's a control thing, right? And so that's that lack of emotional intelligence that doesn't just apply to teachers. It applies to a lot of adults and not recognizing that there are multiple ways to gain control of a situation. And also the only person's actions you can control are your own. And that's perfectly fine. But by changing your own actions, you can influence your surroundings. And I feel like they don't recognize that. And so a lot, a lot of the times you'll see people default to doing what they know, which is yelling at people, doling out consequences and not recognizing that, guess what? It's not working. And then they have like, you'll see a lot of incorrect assumptions about what that looked like for us. So you hear so much like, well, when I was, when we were in school, we didn't, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I don't believe you. And if you did, it was, it's like, I hear things, they also beat you at school. Like the nuns will pull out them whips and they would beat your ass at school. So that was maybe a little different type of compliance. We're not really beating kids anymore. I mean, some people are, not me and not a lot of the public schools, right? So it's just this lack of emotional intelligence, not realizing that, you know, control comes in a lot of different ways and can look differently. But also not realizing that they're, you're reacting a certain way due to your own personal issues of possibly burnout. Because I said earlier, like, I get that teachers do so fucking much. I get that a lot of that people put a lot of things on their plate. They are like, I know that your kids are in second grade learning one digit addition, but I'm going to teach. I'm, they're going to be tested on multiplication and I'm going to keep taking kids out of your classroom every other week for dental exams and eye exams and to see, go, go see the doctor for their asthma. So like I'm pulling kids out of your classroom. You're not, you're never able to teach. Also, here's, here's an assembly. And I'm also trying to figure out why your kids are not meeting the standards. Also, I'm coming for an observation, but they're like not recognizing that because they feel a certain way means that they I'm short. I I ain't got it. Uh, I have nothing left to give to these kids because I'm giving it to so many other different things. And so you're like yelling at your kids and students to comply and it's not working because that's not an effective management strategy. And it's really just making your life a lot harder. So a lot of that lack of emotional intelligence, lack of self-reflection skills um, are leading to fucking just perpetuating problems that don't need to be perpetuated. Right. And like... I guess to get me on my emotional immaturity soapbox, when you're emotionally immature and you can't like understand that things are outside of you or bigger than you, you're always focused on like, you get stuck in this tit for tat world, right? Where it's like, I did this, so you need to do that. Or this happens because this needs to happen. And that's just not how the fucking world works. Everything is not 50-50. You're not owed respect simply because you're a teacher. Like, you have to be nice to children or they're going to treat you like shit. Like, you can't just come to school and be like, I'm the supreme boss bitch. And because I said I'm the supreme boss bitch, that makes you have to listen to me. Like, that's not how things work. You can't just be like, oh, well, I brought the class 
a pizza party where everybody got one slice of pizza. So they should be nice to me this week. Mm -hmm. I give them so much. It's like, that's not how life works. And I'm sorry that your parents taught you that's how love works and affection works and how you make friends. But it's again, it's not an effective classroom management strategy. You have to actually learn how to manage a classroom. And tip but for also, chat does not work. Sorry, go ahead. And as you said, you're like, since I bought you pizza, you should follow directions. Also, like, you that's not buying them pizza is not your job, but being a teacher is. So saying, like, because I'm your teacher, you should, that's your job. That's what you get paid to do. And that applies to, I know, kind of what you're going to is like, parents, I, I clothed you, I fed you, I bathed you. That was, that was your job, Patrick. You don't get an extra star for doing what you were supposed to have done as a person who decided to bring children into this world. You don't get a golden star for doing what a teacher should do. That's, that's their job. And And I think that's where a lot of people get disillusioned in a lot of careers, like not just teaching, but like they think that like they go into this field because they care about others and it's not actually what's the word altruistic. It's, like they're hoping to get that that sense of fulfillment out of it and when they don't get it then they're upset but just because that's what motivated you doesn't mean that we're owed to give you to fill that hole inside of you you need to find other ways to make yourself feel fulfilled fulfilled and appreciated it's not our job to do that i feel like that's a good segue into your next point about how they have how some people have really bad boundaries um where that prevents them from being able to set a limit or a separation between their personal life and their work life. So they'll, you'll do a lot of things where you'll stay after school and not get paid and you'll buy things for your students that do not get reimbursed and you will deplete yourself and your own finances and then wonder why you have nothing left and why no one else is pouring into you. And it's like, because you should have given less. You should have. And I'm not saying that the, that the students deserve less. They deserve more, but it shouldn't come out of your pocket. Like you have to learn how to separate seeing that children don't have things that you believe that they need and recognizing that you don't have to fill that void. Yes. But, so the theme of four of my therapy sessions today was the difference between being selfish, taking care of yourself and self-sacrifice. And a lot of y'all bitches think that self-sacrifice is what being self is the opposite of being selfish and that's not i mean it is but the middle ground is taking care of yourself like you you can't just sacrifice and then you get mad at everybody else because you sacrificed and when you tell them how much you sacrificed what the fuck do they say they say nobody asked you to and now you're mad but nobody asked you to so stop crossing your own boundaries trying to get this to be a savior oh is there a section on white saviorism? Because there should be. No, but that's that's there. <laughs> it's just implied. But like with that being said, it's like for those of us who have good boundaries and who say, I work to get paid. I'm not doing X, Y, Z. Now, because you have done so much, you make me look like an asshole. And by the way, I don't give a fuck about looking like an asshole. The answer is still no. Just because Susie does the most doesn't mean that I will too. And that is just what that is. I will do what my job is. But it's like, you have set such a such an unreasonably high standard. And once you leave, and this is what I have to tell somebody, someone was like, I do so much. And when I leave and they won't, they're not going to say, wow, we should have kept that person. We sure miss them. Um, they did so much to us for us. And now we can't find someone to fill their shoes. They'll figure it out. They will. And they won't. And they're not going to say we should have never once will people who don't appreciate you think I should have appreciated that person while they were there, especially not when it's your employer. They're not going to have that thought. So you will have given more than you could have given. And no one's going to ever learn from their mistakes of not appreciating you. So just don't. Yes. And it goes back again to like those of you who not, who are looking for, like who were taught from a young age that that is how you get approval and how you get acceptance. And that's how you, you get to be seen as good in your field is by going above and beyond and doing the most and being perfect and being selfless and self-sacrificing when it's just, it's not true. Has that ever gotten you the results that you wanted? Probably fucking not. You probably pour and pour and pour, and then you get resentment because nobody's recognizing it. But again, yes. 
set your own boundaries. Um, also, People are going to treat you how they want. Go ahead, I see that there's a question that says, do y'all not get training on ethics and boundaries? Absolutely. The answer is yes. We get 110% do every single time somebody does some fucked up things. We get a training on it. And then we basically say, who the hell did what? We had a really good sexual harassment training this past year. The problem is that no one provides the adequate time and no one actually prioritizes the training. So nobody actually listens to it. So I did the one about sexual harassment, which direct quote one of them had in there was like, yeah, Rage looks really good for having just had a baby. And it was like, so that's sexual harassment. Now, Rage just told you she doesn't like you with a comment on your body and you argue with her, right? I want to say the next day, somebody told me, Flash Flood, you look really good for having a baby. And I said, bitch, did you do the training? That was right. like a direct quote from the training. Like you, he was right. like, I'm just trying to, con-. and then truly uh, this white man I was like- that part. He was like, I'm the just compliment. trying to give you a compliment. And I was like, but like the training said, don't say that to people. So like, yes, right. we, do, we we do get the trainings. Nobody listens. And it's like, what a backhanded compliment, first of all. Because I, I look the fuck good regardless. But second of all, like, I know that y'all do the trainings, but like how much of your fucking grad school program was focused on like how to be an ethical counselor and how to not fuck your students? Like, I just feel like we spend so much time, and that's true in therapists too, we spend so much time learning how to have these boundaries, and then you go into the field and everybody's like, eh, I do what the fuck I want. And then they'd be on the news because they fuck their fucking students, which is actually I mean, but I feel like not rape. fucking your students is kind of a given. I, I it should be I so love, simple. But they fall in love. I, I shouldn't be told. I shouldn't. Every time I say, like, why do I have to? Yo, why do y'all have to keep telling me to stop fucking our students? Because why do y'all keep hiring people who have fucked their students? Right. And what first of all, we're saying, we're saying fucking the students. But let's be real. Because the age of consent says that empowered is right. Say it's not fucking. It's rape. So stop raping your students. It's disgusting. They don't have the brain skills to know that it's not cool that this teach this hot teacher thinks I'm Ew. hot. Like, it's it should be disgusting. It should be disgusting. If anybody is under the age of 18, or even if you're over that, if somebody like way older than you thinks that you're mature for your age, they're disgusting, run away. They're immature for their age. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Um, but also on the boundaries things like a lot of a lot of teachers think because they spend so much time with the students that they're better parents to the students than their own parents mm-hmm. are or that they know what goes on in the household um i even had my sister had somebody at daycare say like <laughs> that they know my my nephew better than her i was like what a rude fucking thing to say to that's crazy <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy but, like did she take really them out that. Um, she made no. a post about it. Well, I have a lot. Well, I get a lot of like, they piss me off because they'll say, yeah, this kid is beha- misbehaving in the classroom. And I'm like, well, the parent says he doesn't do it at home. Yeah, they always do. Well, he probably doesn't because it's just him at home. So it's being in a room of 30 kids is a lot different than being in a room of one. Um, So he probably doesn't act like this at home. I don't understand why that's so hard for you to understand. Mm-hmm. And also, everyone's not anti-hitting their kids. So, <laughs> if somebody's <laughs> popping that ass at home, yeah, he probably don't act like that at home. There are multiple reasons as to why he probably doesn't act like that. Also, his mama's not a bitch, and the teacher is. So... Wait, I was just about to unmute to say that. Like, <laughs> maybe his mama's not a bitch, and you are. So, because again, that would be always my issues with teachers growing up is like, if a teacher would be disrespectful, I would be hella disrespectful back because who the fuck are you? Now I but on this note, I will say that I recognize that you have 30 kids in your classroom, which means that you cannot give one-on-one attention to the one child who is seeking attention. So you have limitations, which the parent is able to provide because there's one child um, and when he throws that tantrum in the at home, there aren't ten other kids who also start throwing a tantrum. When he throws the tantrum at home, I can say, Okay, bye, and walk away and let you have your tantrum and let that be that, and then you come out of it. 
But when you throw a tantrum at school in a class full of 30, 10 other kids are also having tantrums and they're looking at you and they're feeding into it and your tantrum is getting worse. So it's two different environments. So when y'all look at parents and you say, well, this is what he's doing at school. First of all, these issues have to be present in every setting for it to really genuinely give the illusion or whatever impression of a disability. But also it's two different environments. So it makes sense why it wouldn't be present at home and it would be at school or vice versa. A lot of times and this who are good in school and they're bad at home because they mama ain't got no structure. And this is why diagnostic criteria for developmental disorders requires that the symptoms be present in two or more environments because we know that children act differently based on where they act. Are they in public? Are they in school? Are they at home? Are they with their grandmama? If the behavior is consistent, then it's probably something with the child. If it's completely different in each of those, something ain't right in one of those environments, whether that be because school just doesn't have the capacity or mama is emotionally immature. Like, we don't know, but it's probably something environmental. But anywho, I digress. I'm and they don't want to hear choir. it. That, and I look at them, I'm like, so especially because I have a, a cluster of teachers who ain't got no classroom management it's all the resource teachers and they'd be like i have all these problems with with behavior kids and i said they don't do it in their class their homeroom classroom and if they don't do it in their homeroom classroom and they in there for five hours out the day and they do it for one hour in your classroom maybe you need to figure out what that homeroom teacher is doing in her classroom that you're not doing in yours and you need to start implementing that in your classroom because clearly it's working for her she sees them for five hours out the day and she don't have the same issues so what is it I hate the empty threats ass teachers too. Like, stop just using empty threats to classroom manage. Like, if y'all don't do that, I'm gonna take away free time. You can't say that 700 times a day and think that it's gonna work because we know you're not gonna take away free time because you actually need it to do your lesson plan. Exactly. But- <laughs> so, like, stop, stop lying. And also, it's like you make those empty threats and then you don't come through on it. Now I can't trust you. But before I'm going to wrap up the boundaries one, I mean, we can go back to the other ones. I want to talk shit about the one teacher who took a kid to Target to buy a journal. Well, he's really sad. So I thought he needed a journal. So I took him to Target to pick out a journal that he would like. He was six and he couldn't write. What? And I I was like, I don't understand. That sounds like it needs an investigation. Well, took him like, to Target, like mm-hmm. left the school grounds with the child. Well, no, she met him and his mother at Target so, so he could pick out a journal that he liked. It was still poor boundaries. Oh. I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah. even know if that's better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know his mama was confused, but she also used to talk about he had issues with his mother and not with his father. And then she would also talk about how the kids. I think something along the lines of, yeah, they think that me and his dad are dating, and I was like, I need you to stop. Because she wants to be dating them. That's what I thought because they were divorced. And I was like, she's probably trying to hook up with his daddy. Anyway, not the point. That was a poor boundary thing. And there was another one where I saw. Yeah. I just, before you left that, I wanted to say that that's probably also the same sort of teacher who will then come to you a week later and be like, "Uh, I gave them this journal and they wrote about wanting to murder their family. And now I don't know what to do. Please help me. Every time. (laughs) I want to fight these fucking teachers who were like, let's celebrate Dia de los Muertos in school. Oh my God, my kid is crying because her dad died. Hey, guess you shouldn't have celebrated Day of the Dead in school. Maybe you should have figured out how to wrap that back up since you wanted to unpack it. Now you on my phone talking about she crying. Maybe you should have thought about that before you celebrated a day about dead people. <laughs> which then is like teachers don't want kids to have any emotions or they're still human so like just because a kid is crying doesn't mean it's the end of the world like kids cry it's good it's good to express your feelings in a way which is cathartic get those feelings out i'm glad that you thank you so much for opening up take some time to yourself to recoup uh let me know i'll check back in in five minutes it's real simple I don't know what the fuck you were calling me for. And I didn't show up. I said, mm, no, I'm not available. I wasn't available. But also, you want to talk about Day of the Dead at school, then you're going to have to figure out what to do when you unpack that. The other bitch, I saw a teacher attended a concert with a former student, and that was confusing. 
And I feel like the lines appear to be a little bit more blurred for people who work in high schools. Um, I have a friend who works in high school and I know she absolutely avoids her students and she would never take her students to concerts. So um, good boundaries are possible. And yeah, no, that's the same thing like with what the like having sex with your students or raping your students. Like, mm, why? Don't you know how to make friends elsewhere? I mean, I know I don't, but I'm definitely not going to be making friends with a child. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not. And why are y'all making... Also, why do you guys add your students on social media? Why do you create social media accounts to add your students? Please, can somebody answer it? Because every time I see it, it's weird. Mm -mm. It's so weird. Especially because I feel like, again, we spend so much time talking about dual relationships. But I'm like, why do teachers think it's okay to have dual relationships? Like, you are not his mom. You're not his auntie. You're not his godparent. You're his fucking teacher. And a teacher is no. very important. I'm not denying, but the, just the role of teacher is important enough that you don't have to spill over into other like services. You could just be a teacher and leave all of the impact under that role alone by being really good at that one job. Yeah. So, guys, also, while we've been talking about this, I'm not going to lie, I've been wondering like how this ties back to the trauma. But you can't really see it, how it impacts people's ability to make relationships with other people as they're growing older, as well as setting those limits. Because all of a sudden, you have someone who should have been in a very clear-cut role. And because they, you grew up with teachers who were constantly breaking boundaries, now you also have that very clear example of someone who is an adult who now you're also going to do the same thing, breaking boundaries of people who you shouldn't be breaking boundaries with. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you all for that education. <laughs> thank you. I was going to add on or expecting someone to break boundaries in that way, because all the women in your life have always done that because how many teachers are women versus men? Mm-hmm. <sighs> you said it, girl. Um, The last one out of the boundaries one is stop buying gifts for your kids stop doing gifts exchanges leave religion out of the classroom it makes it really awkward for the kids who don't celebrate it also just creates social issues in there because we're all doing secret santa but you're not allowed to i watch it happen all the time guess what this wouldn't be an issue if you weren't doing gifts in your classroom um i worked at a therapeutic day school they would buy all the kids gifts and then they would use it over them i bought you this 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 and this for christmas i can't believe you're not um behaving now it was just very weird because why did you buy them that because last i checked they had two parents Mm -hmm. they're your students not your kids and that's fine and by all means abolish capitalism that's the issue the issue is not that they don't have gifts the issue is capitalism learn your source of frustration (laughs) and as on the subject of abolishing real quick abolish homework that's just a test of who has supported home and i'm tired of y'all acting like kids who don't do homework at home are exhibiting some type of like higher issue no they just don't have someone who can help them and that's fine Because guess what? They go to school to learn. Do we have anything else to say about traumatic teachers? Um, Racist teachers. Mm. Just them. Stop being racist. I was like, I feel like that's all we have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh check your implicit biases stop being a white woman but also if you're not black stop being not black too um stop being not black yeah i don't know what that meant but that's i don't know i got that referral today from the teacher who was like she has an attitude and she rolls her eyes bitch i know you didn't refer one of the 10 black kids to me because she has an attitude and rolls her eyes i want you to not did you like how did you not, how did you catch yourself writing that shit and not be like that seems like a problem? Hmm. Anyway, she ha- yeah, 
again, she probably has an attitude and rolls her eyes because you'd be saying dumbass fucking shit, okay? We're an expressive people. <laughs> stop saying stupid shit and we'll stop rolling our eyes at you. That's all I got. Oh, and I had a I had a teacher tell me, oh, I was really concerned about this child. I heard her call, call herself a stupid dumbass. Um, so I'm really worried about it. She shut down. She didn't talk to it. I asked the kid, I said, why you call yourself a dumbass? She was like, because I was doing this and I cut myself on accident. So I was like, damn, dumbass. And I was like, so it really wasn't that deep. She was she was fine. She thought she was stupid. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I want to say Riptide when she cut herself today. I'm pretty sure you would have called yourself a dumbass. I'm over here picturing some kid like banging their fist against their head like, oh, I'm so dumb, dumb, dumb. But it was not that. No, she was just or like, like, oh, I deserve this. She, no, she was just like stupid, dumbass, and she was like, "Why did you say that?" And it was a white teacher. Hmm. And it's like, oh, how old was she? Was she a child? Uh, child age ten, maybe. No, I meant the teacher. Oh, you're funny. The teacher is probably in her forties. I don't oh, know. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Yes, maturity does not come with age. I know. Um, also, I'm picturing this naive little like teacher just graduated. No, ma'am. I got. I mean, I got. I got that other one about the she pees her pants in the bathroom. I get a lot of nonsense, and I just be like, do y'all be reading this before you send it to me? Are you? Are, That's what embarrassing. Are we <laughs> like, because also, like, okay, I have a distinct memory from kindergarten where I had these fucking overalls that I could not get off, and I, every time I wore them, I would accidentally pee on myself a little bit. And if somebody gave me a referral to a fucking counselor because I couldn't get my overalls off in time to pee, like, imagine what that does to the child. Like, they just had an accident. They do not need. <laughs> now, if it's every day. I guess actually my two traumatic I because I have three tra- traumatic teacher stories. Um, first one, it was when I told my friend I said, "Yeah, my mom pissed me off this morning, so I wasn't." I told her I wasn't I wasn't eating breakfast no more. Um, because if she wanted to play with me, then I wasn't going to eat that food. And she called my mom to tell her that she thought I was anorexic. Um, I had another teacher call my mama because I mean it was she probably should have called my mama. I was in sixth grade and this kid did something to piss me off and I and I think I turned around and I bit his hand and she was like it was beating and I was like it really wasn't that deep but it's fine I won't do that shit again. Um, and the last one was when I was in kindergarten, a teacher in fifth grade told a student that he was no longer welcome to like have some type of incentive. They were having like maybe they were having a pizza party. And because of his behaviors, he was no longer welcome to come to the pizza party. So then he was like, oh, let me go to the bathroom. So he went to go use the bathroom because he didn't go use the bathroom. He actually left the school, went home, walked home. The house was empty and he burned down his house and died. So when y'all want to be petty to kids, I just like, I feel like there was probably another solution, consequence. Yeah, I did bite somebody's hand in sixth grade. I see that y'all are a little concerned. It was like, it wasn't really a fight. It was more like a. Like, I didn't really bite down. But anyway, so the, yeah, so y'all be petty with these kids and me. And I think he had been suspended. It was clearly an indication of a greater issue that was going on with that child. And you were just like, you can't come to the pizza party. And now he's dead. So y'all over there typing fervently. I'm a little bit worried. I couldn't get unmuted, but that just escalated so quickly. And I'm pretty sure you've told me that story before, but I just never expect that kid to be dead at the end of the story. Mm. Yeah, um, you told me that one recently also. Mm, sad. Maybe we were both there when she told it. But No, she told me when she took me on that long walk. Oh, yeah, because I was like, yeah, that's the house of the kid who burned his house down. He don't live there no more because he's dead. Oh, maybe that's when she told me too, is when she took me on the long walk. No, you didn't walk in them. You didn't walk in my house neighborhood, so you didn't get the tour. Oh no, I didn't. I wasn't in the other neighborhood, so hmm. yes. Okay. Um, do you want me to do the listener letter since you did the whole of the other one, or do yes? You feel- I didn't. Okay. I mean, I get, you were dying, so I wasn't really trying to like let you. I'm still dying, dying, but it's okay. I, you already got your you already cut your finger off. I'm okay. I can go. Go ahead. Um. In this segment of the show, we're going to read through some letters from our listeners regarding their petty problems, or at least things they think may be petty. To have your letter read aloud on the show, 
email us at 99problems.pod at gmail.com. That's N-I-N-E-T-Y, the number nine, problems, P-R-O-B-L-E-M-S, dot pod at gmail.com. All right. This first one is called The Ride. Um, I hosted an event over the weekend and sent the invite a month prior to. My husband has been up and down with his family due to some drama and trauma. I like that. So I sent him the invite and told him to do with it what he chose. In true man and monkey wrench fashion, he sent it to his aunt less than a week before the event. I didn't care because I was prepared for this. I do not like this aunt because she is entitled, rude, and pushy. She brings absolutely nothing but her unsolicited and wrong opinion to the table. She points fingers at everyone and what we could do different while taking zero accountability. When my husband sent her the invite, she told him that he needed a ride. That she needed a ride. She then texted me to tell me that he has to give her a ride. Never once did she ask. Mind you, I'm hosting the party and shouldering a lot of other emotional labor. So I'm pissed she tried to put this on me. Ultimately, I stepped back and said this is his problem to handle. I ignored her text. But would it have been petty of me to tell her to get an Uber or tell her we'll miss her since she's unable to attend? I didn't do any of this because I'm not trying to create more problems. But damn, I can't stand her. No, I don't think that's petty. Matter of fact, that reminded me of uh, something else today. My uncle called uh, my cousin to ask if he can pick up his wife from the airport. Mind you, she has her own family in town, and she knows how to get, like, she can use technology. Get an Uber. Get an Uber. Get your own family to do this. Why are you calling some random person who doesn't live anywhere near the airport to come do this for you? So, same to this person. Get yourself an Uber. (laughs) Yeah, I am, like, unless this aunt is, like, super elderly, like, in her 90s. But even then, don't she got her own kids to take her? Like, why does that have to be her nephew? And why would she just demand it? Would she, like, the elders in my family would still be like, baby, can you give me a ride? I mean, they wouldn't just demand it. Reading that is crazy, like, because for me, I live a two-minute drive from my partner's mother. And we're going to his, some, whatever, families far out for um, Thanksgiving next week. And to me, it's obvious you don't have a car you live two minutes away you would like to go to the function of course we're bringing you that is my assumption but even so she always sends a text saying would you please be able to take me to him not to me she texts him (laughs) and says can you please give me a ride so for someone like i that's crazy to me to see that somebody's auntie would be texting not their nephew but their nephew's wife to not ask but demand something like this even when you know somebody's mother obviously who i think is implied is still asking it's it sounds like a lot of entitlement as you kind of indicated in your letter so you ain't petty yeah Mm -hmm. i'm just more like baffled by the audacity of her to ask for a right period or demand a right period but thinking of it now if my partner's aunt texted me to demand that he give her a ride i'd be like like I'd immediately go to him because why the fuck does this have to do with me? Nothing. This has nothing to do with me. <laughs> she uh, wouldn't have my number, but if she did, <laughs> I'd have to toss that phone and be like, I think she got confused. <laughs> the way, yeah, like, like, I am so selective <clears throat> about who has my number and whether or not I will answer them. A couple of my coworkers asked my number a couple weeks ago, and I really struggle with how do I not give this to you right now because no I don't I actually don't ever want you to have this of me (laughs) because I don't want to be put on the spot like this did you did you give it to them my coworkers. um yes I did give it to them I don't know I gave it to one of them and I was like eh you know like it's fine um it it does create an issue but I do I leave my phone on do not disturb during the day so that if they were to text me, they're not available. Like they, you can't reach me via my phone. 
So they're trying to text you for work. Right. So it's like sometimes they'll, I, I have one coworker, she ignores my emails, but then she'll text me. And I'm like, we're not friends. Do not text me. And so my phone is on do not disturb. So I will miss her text every single time. And it works out really well because I don't want to reinforce you thinking that you can text me to bypass processes. So, you know, I was like, I gave it and it hurt my soul. I, but even like the, my issue is also the social media aspect. Every single time I find them, I block them. So you're not going to find me even if you have my number and I'm going to ignore you. So that's what I was going to say about your cell phone. You need to block theirs. <laughs> right. 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 So I would say it wouldn't have been petty for you to tell her those things, but it would have been messy mm. because it, again, this problem didn't need to involve you. I don't know why she tried to, but you didn't need to jump into it and confirm her desire for you to be present. So mm, yeah, looks like your business is free 99. So, or my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. All that extra stuff. What I love is that it? one. What is it? My name is Hess and I ain't in this mess. I think my mama said that to me the other day. All those things. You you could just say nothing. Say nothing and do nothing and see what happens. I always tune out after my name's Bennett and I ain't in it. Because if you if you keep going, I already know you don't have the the drama that I want you to tell me about. So I've moved on to the next topic. Um, anywho. Okay. Good luck with that. Um, hopefully the aunt loses your number or you lose hers. Um, our next listener letter is called Selling Our First Home. Hey friends, my spouse and I just closed on our first home. Well, technically, it's the home we've owned, but the first that we've purchased. When we first got married, we rented an apartment and then decided that the rent was too high. My brother has some land out in the country that he doesn't use, so he let us build a tiny house on it. We invested so much time, love, and energy into making that tiny house our home, And my husband just sold it. Oh. Worst of all, we had a plan in place on what we wanted to list it for, but my husband just accepted the first offer received for way, way, way less than what he and I agreed we wanted. I can't do anything about it now, but as we continue to cut our expenses and beef our savings, we had also agreed to sell his motorcycle and riding lawnmower because our property is much smaller, and as for the bike, he rarely uses it. He listed the mower, but did not list the bike, which tells me he'd rather not do it. But he sold my house without letting me have a say in the final decision. Would it be okay for me to go ahead and list the bike? List that bike. Too long didn't read husband sold house without telling me should I sell his bike without telling him. Well, and I think you should just get rid of the husband. Well, it's not selling the bike to list it. List it. Oh, yeah. Listed. List, listed doesn't mean it's sold. Yeah, you but don't have to accept how... an offer. I'm just confused. We closed on our first home. First we've purchased. Okay, so they built this home together. And apparently when they built it, both of their names weren't on it? Because how did he sell it without you knowing? It's very confusing. But Oh, uh, with tiny homes, you don't have to... If you build... Like, you build it, you don't have to have any kind of paperwork for it. That's fair. Okay. That makes more sense. But, okay, so sell the husband. I don't know, girl. Like, he's got to go. Because he, there's no way your husband didn't know how much you cared about it. No. But. Especially if you built it yourself. Um. But, yeah, so would it be petty to list the bike? It would be petty. So if you want to, like, fix your marriage and, like, have a healthy marriage and all that bullshit, you should probably talk to him. But if he does stuff like this all the time, just go ahead and list the bike and then list the husband. (laughs) That's all I got. With the husband, with the bike. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. That's funny. Anything else that we have to say to Miss Soldier House? Okay. Well, thank you to our petty friends with their petty problems who wrote into the show. If you would like to hear your petty problem read aloud on the show, please send us an email at 99problems.pod at gmail.com. All problems are welcome so long as we don't have to call anybody or do any extra work after we read your letter. (laughs) 
Um, and on that note, thank you for listening to this week's episode of 99 Problems and Terribly Traumatic Teachers are definitely one of them. And thank you to Rapper Zinni for producing the intro outro music for our podcast. You can find our podcast most Tuesdays wherever you listen to podcasts. So tune in to hear the three of us in the midst of our villain era complaining about the things that you hate most. Toodaloo!